0: This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
1: Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen today. day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that in advance because at the end of the day, you don't want to hide greatness because that's just what we don't do on this show so you know hey go and spread the word let everybody know what we got going on over here and if you don't know what we got going on you can check us out on other platforms as well roku on your fire stick we're there right there for you we're right in your living room we're on your on your mobile device we're on your laptop so you can't run from us so embrace it embrace what we got going over here on atl day ones part of locked on sports atlanta Got a lot of good stuff on board for today, T. You know, when you think about it, it seems like Marcus Mariota out here hating on his teammate. We'll, we'll determine whether or not they may be a little extreme. Um, And there is some hating going on with the rankings, in ESPN, Trey Young. We know how national media gets when it comes to Atlanta Hawks. We'll discuss that. And last but not least, and for the culture, T. E-May or Doka? Mm-hmm. Bruh. like. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. Bruh. That's all. We got. We'll talk about that. But first, T. Marcus Mariota, you know, out there on the West Coast, you know, he's at home, he's comfortable, and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, he was talking about Kyle Pitts. Obviously, that's been the hot topic uh, of this week about him getting targets. Whether he's the primary receiver, or primary option, or the first option in this particular play call. Arthur Smith is answering questions all week, right? So, you know, when you sent me this clip, you know. It got me, my mind a little churning a little bit. You know, you can maybe tell me if I'm a little bit off, but we'll play for the people. Is Marcus Mariota hating on on, on Kyle Pitts?
0: We constantly, we're doing what we can, and, you know, sometimes it's just the ball goes the other way. And with that being said, you know, the depending on the week, uh, I think as he continues to grow, I think the ball will find him. All right. <laughs> the ball as he as he continues to grow the ball will find him uh, wait a minute this is a pro bowler a pro bowler marcus mariota i don't think i've i don't think i've heard marcus mariota's name in the same sense as pro bowler and if i have it would've been one time but at the end of the day we're talking about a historic rookie season for Kyle Pitts so what growth are you referencing there? This is a guy who went in the offseason and pretty much had two things he was working on, his blocking and his route running mm-hmm. at the end. So yeah. when we're looking at it, we're seeing balls that are shorted, not just to KP, but balls that are shorted to receivers. And when you think about it – Or well, overthrown.
1: Not, yeah, we've right, definitely
0: seen that. Over, now that's another one, Jarvis. Yes, yeah. yes. Overthrow over,
1: six-five receivers is not good. Sorry. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's because – Everybody else would, you know, when I think about Matt Ryan, for example, when he knew he had that 6'6 guy, he would throw it up to, hey, go get it, but not over him, like, "Go, go two yards and go get it. No, just up here and go get it, because I know even if there are two defenders on you, I trust that you can get up there and get the ball. And see, that's another little sneak point. If the... Word has been coming out, whether you know it's Mariota or maybe Arthur Smith, and I get it. You still got to rock with your quarterback, and your quarterback still has to make sure that he's saying the right things. Right. But the bottom line is this. You can't really blame it on double teams because George Kittle gets double teamed all the time. Travis Kelsey gets double teamed all the time, just kind of naming some of the you know more uh, prominent tight ends, if you will. And they find their way out of it. And I feel like Kyle Pitts has grown and matured already to be able to do that if the ball was thrown where it needed to be thrown. So if you're saying that this is a a product of him growing and the the ball will find him, well, 13 of 27 plays, Jarvis, were designed for KP. And yet, Mm. he only had two catches in both games. So is that really a KP-growing issue? Or is that a challenge in that the person who was throwing to him last year that got him to the Pro Bowl is no longer
1: under center? You know what, T, we're not talking about Desmond Ritter. Last, last time I checked, we ain't talking about a rookie quarterback. we talking nope. about a dude who's been in the NFL for seven years. And, you know, in my uh, <clears throat> recent film study, there were some opportunities for Marcus Mariota to get pits to football. Yeah, like sure. whether or not he was the the primary primary or or you know or not you know what I'm saying so, so, mm-hmm. so some of the things that like he doesn't have to be the primary receiver or primary target on right. a play to get the rock like because at the end of the day quarterbacks go through progressions and, and we talked about this on this show Marcus Mariota doesn't really do that he locks in on guys and I've and I was looking at the film and going back into that Jalen Ramsey pick, yes. like he had his eyes on Brian Edwards for the yeah, entire time. He was locked in, and what and, and they were in a three D three D coverage, and mm-hmm. and uh, Jalen Ramsey had that deep third right on the yeah. outside. So if I see Kyle, if Kyle Pitts is running the wheel route to that that deep third, yes. it's got to be a reason why he ended up picking up the football. It's yeah. because the quarterback's eyes drew him that way. So right. all of those things that you know we just talked about, right? And it add in the fact that you're saying what somebody needs to do in order to grow. Like I'm not saying, the dude, is, is against criticism or or mm. you know constructive criticism. Excuse me. Sure. But like, it's very clear what's going on here. Like that's not. Act, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Like, yeah. dude, you need to figure out a way to get the man to rock primary target you know first read or whatever like Mm -hmm. regardless of any of that you need to figure out a way to get that man a rock because the dude is a playmaker and we had a dude that you know that was drafted in 2008 last Mm -hmm. year that was able to figure it out with no other options at receiver essentially so let's and and we know drake london is out here this year so with Mm -hmm. with left less options matt ryan figured out a way to get him to rock and we weren't even talking about primary targets last year so yeah, yeah i think marcus might need to chill bro but yeah. but t i think one of the things that we ha- also have to talk about is the braves um yeah. they they lose to the um washington nationals in a day game which they have struggled for the entire season i don't think no one has tried to figure that out you know stats <laughs> Baseball has stats for everything. There right. isn't a stat to explain why the Braves don't play well at the at Bisman, <laughs> Businessman Specials. Like we don't, we just can't figure that bad boy out. They lose three to two. And I think the main reason why that's the case is because, not because of Bryce Elder, because, you know, it went five in the third, you know, and only gave up one run. But right. Right. In, in, in you know, in the eighth inning when Michael Harris Michael Harris doing Michael Harris things. Yeah. Uh, yes. the, the, the hit the hit. The, he had the single, and Austin Riley was coming around third base. Wash was waving him in, and then he kind of paused at a second. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that aggressive base, I mean, um, uh, base running kind of mm-hmm. bit the, the braids in the behind. Because at the end of the day, I understand being aggressive, but yeah. if you got Austin Riley coming around that corner and he looked like he wasn't going to beat that throw, Right. I think his uh, uh, Wash's uh second thought should have been his first thought if yeah. if, if, if by me look what from what i saw
0: yeah and that's one of those things where there's enough blame to kind of go around
1: because yes, it is Charles
0: to the bed by giving away a two run home run in the eighth inning so there's that yes and then like you said there was an opportunity michael harris ii put you in position because that was a deep single right Yes. So clearly somebody possibly could have gotten home, but I don't know that Austin Riley would have been that person. You yes. might have wanted to leave him where he was. Now, if William Contreras was in that position already. Sure. Yeah. That's the, that's a guy you wave home. I'm not sure yeah. you wave Austin Riley home in that situation. He can situation school a little right bit. Clearly Uncle Ronnie realized that a split second later, like uh, maybe that's not the way to go in that situation. But what it brought to mind for me was this. We are now down to 13 games left in the regular season. And everyone keeps saying, Oh, Braves, they're gonna be all good. They're gonna be and maybe they will. Maybe they will end up getting a fifth straight division crown. But when we see these miscues, these are the types of miscues that will get you either a wild card spot or they will make they will toss get you tossed out of the postseason earlier than you wanted to, because the other team is over there executing well. So we ch we chuckled. The last couple of weeks about the Mets metting again. Well, now they're back up trending. Now they're there. They are on a six, seven game win streak and you're heading up to Queens. So those little miscues, whether that's at your third base coach or whether that is what Jesse Chavez did, or as we talked about before, like Matt Olson going up and down, up and down and, you know, (sighs) having some defensive miscues yesterday. And we also talked about the order. Sure, Matt Olson, you made a comment a couple nights ago that, man, when the whole order comes together, you guys are going to be lethal. But how many games have we seen top to bottom of the order that it's working across not just the game, Jarvis, but across an entire series? So I just feel like, yeah, you guys had a conversation. Brian Sticker said Tuesday they had a conversation about face running. So why do we then see that just 24 hours later? Those are the kind of things that concern me or whether or not you were already packed up on Delta Airlines on your Delta flight to Philly. When you really needed to close out on the Nets thinking, oh, it's just the Nets." Well, guess what? The Nats cost you a game, and it cost you the ability to at least tie the Mets in uh, the division once they crapped and uh, got shut out by the the Brewers. So that's what concerns me, those little pieces as you get to the final stretch and whether or not you'll really be able to close the
1: and that's what you look for with, you know, the Braves. You know, you want them to be able to close out series and win yeah. games when it's, the sun is out, you know, and they just haven't been able to do that. So, hopefully, as we move forward, this won't continue as a trend because, like I said, there we, gave, we laid out some, some things that were, have been, you know, very concerning. So, um, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on it as the Braves get ready to take on the Phillies. Now, coming up next, Trey Young. ESPN, we know how this marriage has been in the past. We'll talk about the rankings, whether he's too high, too low, or too slow. I know that don't make sense, but we're gonna figure it out next. But before we do that, T, gotta talk about (laughs) our folks at betonline.net. And if you're thinking about, you know, as the Hawks get ready and get amped up for the training camp and and get ready for the first regular season game in mid-October, uh, mm-hmm. Against the Houston Rockets, this is something that you have to keep an eye on, right? You want to try yeah. to win some money because you know, you know, you can win some big money on this NBA, you know, 82 games. Right. They get ready, they can do their thing. So go to betonline.net because this is, you know, the, you know, continues to be the top online source for all sports wagering information for live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered you know you're talking about podcasts? you guys check us out for information about atlanta sports go ahead and check out betonline.net for all of the bet, sports betting and information you'll need so here's what yeah. you do head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because bet online is where the game starts
0: yes and the game starts and ends right here in the a with trey young so it's still kind of sort of list season, right? So we can keep, yes. especially as we're leading up to training camp, which of course starts for the Hawks Monday. So yesterday we kind of reacted to the CBS list and particularly kind of drilled down on where Trey Young fell. And we felt for the most part, he was right where he needed to be right around the 14 yeah. mark, Fair. right? Yeah. yeah you've got John Morant sandwiching on one side, and then you've got uh, Damian L- Lillard on the other. Now with this list, uh, ESPN released yesterday, and we are sure there will be at least another two or three before <laughs> before uh, even training camp starts. They have Trey Young ranked at number 16, and it's interesting because yesterday's list was kind of all over the place, and they acknowledged it. They said they had six voters, and not one of them came up with the exact exact same exact same list. But here, it doesn't kind of give you the same criteria. Right? right. So it tells you there's one huge question for that player and that team. And then it might give you in most instances. And I'll read this one to you. It literally will tell you Jarvis like a, squ- a swing skill, so to speak, if they're speaking of, you know, a three or a four like Jimmy Butler. But when they're speaking of Trey at the point position, he did move up a notch. They had him at 17 last year. They have him at 16 this year. But they're Mm -hmm. saying the funny thing is they're talking about a game to watch when it comes to him and what the huge question is. So I'll give you those two. And let's let's hear your thoughts on it. They're thinking that the biggest game of the year is December 7th at New York, because, of course, Trey loves to play in the garden. And that's where he's going to do his thing and just really, really shine. Plus, he missed that game last year on Christmas Day because, of course, the health and safety protocols with COVID. And so we want to see if that's going to be the game where he just breaks out. And I thought about it. I said, actually, that might not be a bad guess because by then he and DeJounte Murray would have really, really gelled because they would have had almost two months to kind of uh, get that backcourt together and get their rhythm and flow together. And speaking of that, Jarvis, that was the huge question. How will DeJounte Murray's presence help or impact what Trey Young is able to do?
1: I think it's going to have a big impact, and I think that is potentially could be one of the better backcourts in the NBA. Yeah, I said that. I'm yes. going to go ahead and I lay it out on the line. I don't mind. Good i I'll come at me if, if you want. I don't care because that's one of the things that we we said that you know that the Hawks needed. So what did, what did we say? Okay, what did we say coming in that, that the Hawks needed going into the off season? They mm-hmm. needed somebody that can ha- have a off ball, somebody who can um help Trey play off ball, and mm-hmm. you know. Officially, that person needs to be able to handle the rock. Dejounte yeah. Murray, check. He can do that, you know. And then they talk about somebody who can be a better defender to kind of help with mm-hmm. Trey, you know, his defense uh, defensive deficiencies. Check. Um, Dejounte yeah. Murray is one of the better uh, wing defenders in the entire NBA. Yeah. So and I, and I think that from a scoring standpoint, when mm-hmm. Trey's not in the game. He feels yes. that void as well. So, and, as a mm-hmm. distributor and making sure everybody gets the rock and maybe running the pick and roll with John Collins or, or Clint Capella, who whoever, or Yucca Okongu, who I always forget. And I'm, I'm glad I'm happy to pat myself on now the back. Did I, did I mention double O? So, you remember so, double up. So, when when you, when I, all those names I just mentioned, now we're talking mm-hmm. about a team that's pretty doggone deep because when you have yes. Bogdano- yes. Bogdanovich, a guy who's, slated to come off the bench you know he gets named and named it getting the rankings as well so these mm-hmm. like the Hawks are not a team that doesn't need to be talked about and mm-hmm. I think that when you have all these pieces surrounding Trey Young and we already know what he can do when he has to do it mostly himself mm-hmm. but when he has a guy like DeJounte coming into the equation I think that mm-hmm. we're gonna see some things that we haven't seen with this team before. And, and I think that, you know, I think everybody's game gonna get is gonna get elevated a little bit or benefit from DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. Mm-hmm. And a guy that needs that needs that help, mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter. Yes. Yes. If, if, if he comes close to what we've seen consistently like i'm not even talking about the, the max i'm talking about against the miami heat we don't have to see that if we can get to at least get close to what we saw in that miami heat game in the playoffs mm-hmm. like the hawks are going to be super uber dangerous yes yes
0: and we have seen enough from the hawks enough from the celtics enough from the heat to know that it is important to have an actual point guard It is important to have a pure point guard because at some point the inability to have a ball handler is going to show, for lack of a better term, it's going to rear his ugly head. So to be able to have two ball handlers and then someone like DeJounte who's excited about defense, I'm excited about that. And I do believe that also Trey Young has taken the challenge, so to speak, about the criticism about not being able to play off the ball. So I believe that he has been working on that skill this summer, and we're going to see some positive things there. And also, Jarvis, yesterday we talked about the fact that when you look at the players who were kind of surrounding him in the rankings, which... CBS Sports gave us the entire 100 right out of the gate, right? right, right. ESPN mm-hmm. gives you every 10, so right now we're only able to react to react yeah. 11 through 20, and within that space, with Trey being 16, you also saw Damian Lillard just ahead of him, John Morant just ahead of him, and James Harden as well. That was what we saw yesterday, so I feel like this list is still very much accurate in terms of where he falls in the Pantheon, and him even having a ranking higher than what they ranked him last year, but I believe that when we get to the end of this season, I would not be surprised if we're having a conversation about him being in everybody's top 10 list of 100 players in the NBA. And speaking of top 10, whether it's top 10, top five, or number one, Coffee AM, that's who they are right here in our backyards in the Atlanta metro area. So today, another one of those rough and tumble traffic days in Atlanta. So you know it, if you wake up and you have, Breath in your lungs, that also probably means they've got traffic on the streets here in Atlanta. need yes. coffee. At you yes, Lord. Going to <laughs> Gonna need it. Going to need something that is as fresh as the day you order it. Because literally, you order it and that's when they're literally churning away and getting it to you. So sh- same day, close to it that's when it's being roasted. It's current crop. It's specialty grade. Jarvis tells you all the time about some of the great coffees that he's tried around the world, uh, from around the world, and he even enjoys the K-Cup immensely. So if you're asking how you can get your hands on this, let me tell you, it's really simple. coffeeam.com backslash locked on. You can go there today, of course, after you finish checking out our show and you can let us know, why don't you tell us in the comments, you tell us about some of our sports topics. Tell us how you like coffee AM. And we can tell that to our partners at coffee AM because we think you'll give them a five-star review as well. So again, go there and on your first order of coffeeam.com slash locked on, you'll get 15% off and why not support a great local business coffeeam.com backslash locked on for your 15% off for the best small batch roaster in the country.
1: Yes, go ahead and check that bad boy out because, you know, I get my day started each and every day, and we thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show because, oh, hey, this is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We are running, 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 sprinting towards 4,000 subscribers. Really appreciate you guys for liking and subscribing to our show. If you have not done that and you're listening to us or watching us on Roku or Amazon Fire, yes, we are on those platforms. You know, Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and drop us a comment on, on wherever you download your podcast. You know, five star reviews. That's all we that's all we that's all we're worth, you know? That's what we ask and that's what we're worth. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes what the hell are we wanna talk about because that's just how we get down. Today is no different, T. Because, you know, I get up early in the morning and uh I got up a little bit more a little bit more early if that's uh the king's English um <laughs> early I got up earlier yeah that'll work <laughs> I got up earlier this morning and I was scrolling through my Twitter timeline cause you know how it is when you can't sleep and I came across this story uh Woj had the little breaking news and had the nice little you know uh template and everything a picture going across the line and I saw a picture of email Udoka, and i was just like all right what's going on here and uh apparently Email Doka is likely facing a suspension for the entire 2022-23 season for his role in a consensual relationship with a female staff member sources tell ESPN. A formal announcement is expected as soon as today. Now T um as a you know more reports start coming out we started to figure out that it was a female staffer um that you know he was dealing with or had these dealings with and it, it gotta be a pretty big deal if you're talking about he's facing a year long suspension? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know T. What are your initial thoughts when we, when we, when we came across the story?
0: Well, let's take a step back because I got the notification from Woj last night, right before I went to sleep. And oh. when I saw specific words that said it would be basically disciplinary action for inappropriate conduct I'm like that ninja doing something on me alone?
1: <laughs> like yeah first thing that came to mind oh, right oh, yeah, Like, yeah like, you two know your wife like exactly. yeah, like I totally going
0: on. Never, right and some of my colleagues at my other job were like oh wow I wonder if maybe there was some tampering when they were trying to recruit a player oh I never thought that <laughs> Ever. What? Ever. I knew right. exactly what it was and just like that <laughs> the inner the internet's and Black Twitter made sure undefeated. we knew who was creeping with Nia Long's husband because that's how we look at him. I mean, you're E-Made Duncan. I mean, you're solid coach and all that. But really, the culture looks at you like you're Nia Long's husband. And who, and of course, that, that was the next question from everybody. Who in the heck cheats on our girl, Nia Long? Like, right? Exactly. You? She is Nia Long. Did you not see her go off in the Touch the Sky video for Kanye West? She told you who she was. Right. And now you want to bring that Nia back out? I mean, yeah. man. But but you know, and of course, what I do want to say is this. Um, and this is just me being honest, a couple things. First of all, let, let's just give Nia her space. Because mm-hmm. this may be, I'm sure this is something that she already knew about because I'm sure he had to break the news to her before right. Woge broke into the world. But now she's mm-hmm. having to relive this all over again from the moment that she found out. So right. let's give her her space on how she needs to figure out how to manage her family going forward because they do have a child together. And by the way, they're common law. They're not uh, legally married, but they're right. common law. they've are been together forever. Pardon, he yeah. has raised her child since he was pretty much a toddler. So mm-hmm. that has been a family unit for quite some time. And we respect whatever decision it is that she makes with her life. That's part one. Part two is go after the right person because I find it very interesting that Twitter has gone after the alleged other woman and shown different pictures of her and kind of dug into who she is she's not in the union with nia Long. she wasn't in the common law marriage with nia Long. ime udoka was he is the one who made the decision to break that covenant so i just wanted to say that because that has nothing to do with sports that has everything to do with how we are quick to vilify the woman in the situation she she she's not married to nia Long. She she doesn't have kids with nia Long. That was his choice that he made to sacrifice or sabotage his family. So, his personal and his professional. And so, I'm looking at him like, and you know, I used to pass him in the halls working with the Hawks when, you know, the Celtics were visiting. And, you right. know, just seemed like his demeanor just seemed like a stand up guy, if you will. Right. And I'm pretty sure I probably passed her as well and had no clue what in the world was going on just down the hallway at the visitor's locker. Man, oh. and, and if you think about it, the Celtics were already a clusterfuffle on the court trying to figure out how in the heck they could make the Tatum-Brown tandem work. Now you're adding this onto a team that many people thought was like the heir apparent contender to really get back, uh, get to the finals next season. Hmm. Very, very yeah. interesting that you would sacrifice all of that for what?
1: Yeah, for what? And and, yeah. the, and, and the, we talk about, you know, victims in this particular case, right? You know, let's let's talk about this. And this is literally just came down not too long ago. I got Mark Spears of ESPN and he just tweeted out that, you know, for those speculating and curious about the Celtics situation, vice president of player development or organizational growth. Mm-hmm. allison feaster is not involved in it because a, a lot of her pictures are start um, um circulating around on twitter and mm-hmm. people are saying like you know that some of that vitriol start going towards her way mm-hmm. y'all need to back up because mark spears is probably the, one of the more credible guys yes. um that i've met through one of the more credible guys that i ever know and that's mm-hmm. our guy arthur trish so yes. oh i think that you know this is something that you know as more information comes out mm-hmm. i think it's going to be something that you know we definitely going to have to keep an eye on but mm-hmm. i think people not just need to fall back a little bit you know calm yeah. down you know and let's figure this thing out because you know just think about it think about the magnitude of this right you, yeah. know, you got a guy in his first year as a head coach take a team to NBA finals who haven't been haven't been there since 2010 yes. they haven't been to the finals and you Know you get into a situation where you're facing a year long suspension, like, yeah, it has to be something big, like, it has yeah. to be just bigger than uh, messing around with a female employee. You mm-hmm. know, you're talking about acts maybe being performed where they aren't supposed to be there, yeah, yeah, the, that's road, where we're, in the facility, yeah, yeah there's a, yeah. yeah, there it's was some violent, more to this, yes, it yeah, was a super, yeah super uber violation and i think that you know the celtics are going to have to figure out whether or not they're willing to deal with all this t and i think that that's something that we're going to continue to walk with and and find out and figure out and then when those those details run out we'll definitely Mm -hmm. be talking about them right here on atl day ones t yeah because
0: we have to i mean that is legitimately a team that the hawks were competitive with last year. And I suspect that that would have been one of their main competitors for them, like uh, the road back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So you're looking at that team and you're looking at that organization and how this is going to impact them. And yes, we understand that they'll have an interim coach in place, someone who's been with the team and with the organization, who's familiar with the players. We get that. But these are those types of quirky situations, just like we're seeing coming out of Phoenix, right? And how is that going to impact the Suns? That's a team that has had some implosions and have not been able to get over the hump to get to the NBA Finals. It'll be interesting to see, to your point, the trickle-down effect of just how many people this impacts because for the organization to be considering a year-long suspension, there, I feel like there are going to be more names that are going to come out, people who are complicit in mm-hmm. this situation. cooperated. Yep, <clears throat> yep, yeah, yeah, that's why I said complicit <laughs> in, the, in the situation. Yes, and yes, you Lord. know they literally, there. I, I feel like heads will roll. But another thing that will make heads roll, at least here on ATL day ones, is if the Braves take an L in Philly tonight. They are on the road, back on the road for a seven game road trip that starts in Philly and ends in the district. So we will be following that. We hope that Max Reed can pull this thing out against Ranger Schwalras tonight. And of course, tomorrow, what else are we going to talk about but Falcons? The Falcons are going to try to put Big the first dub of the year. So, yes, we are going to preview and talk. Falcons tomorrow and anything else that comes up in the Atlanta sports world. We got you covered, but not just us. Of course, A to Z with Mark Zeno has you covered as well. So you guys take care. And as always, think before you act, because there could be some consequences that you can't come back from. See you
1: tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?